Hey, everybody, it's Sam Rodriguez and Connor Shepard. Hope you guys are doing good. Welcome to episode 11 of Money and Stuff. Connor, man, how are you doing today? Doing good, Sam. You want the, the weather update, the sports update? Right. <laughs> yeah, either like, what do you have to tell me about the weather? What do you have to tell me about your dog? <laughs> I, don't, hey, I don't think well, we've talked about sports yet, but... You know. Hey, hey, we let's talk sports. I mean, man, this last weekend, college football weekend, some hey. crazy games. Yeah, I saw I saw your uh, you know, you know, we talked about Penn State, you know, versus uh Iowa beforehand. And I, I saw yeah. Penn State lose. And I'm gonna tell you, I still don't think that Iowa's a very good football team. So I don't know what that says about Penn State. <laughs> you know, I agree with you, and I just I I really do think if our quarterback hadn't gotten injured, uh, we would have had that in the bag. It, it seemed like a pretty one-sided uh, first half, but it's the way it's the way the game goes, you know. All right, man. All right, whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get let let's talk about something people actually care about. Yeah, when they there listen you go. To us. Yeah, because uh, nobody cares about football. That was that was a little bit of stuff whatever <laughs> you'll get more stuff later some stuff you actually want to hear there you, know. you go so what are well, we talking about yeah so you know the last two episodes have been uh specifically about Roth IRAs right uh, we had an episode where we talked about who should be thinking about a Roth IRA and why you should have a Roth IRA and um last episode we talked about Roth IRA conversions and uh you know, it's in the news. We have clients asking us more and more about it. Uh, so let's give the people what they want. Let's keep, keep talking about Roths. Keep the ball rolling, you know? Yeah. So today I want to talk about something called the mega backdoor Roth IRA. Sounds intimidating. Sounds intimidating. Like, yeah, it's, I, I don't like, I don't like the name. I mean, <laughs> It's what it is. I don't know who came up with that name, but it, it's caught on and that's what people use. And it is in the news a little bit right now because so, some of the tax plans that are out there right now include closing some loopholes that higher income earning individuals have to be able to put money into things like Roth IRAs. So it's possible that the mega backdoor Roth IRA strategy may not be a strategy for that much longer, but I think it is important to understand how it works, especially if it's something that you can do before the year ends. And if it does not get canceled out, then it's, it's definitely something you need to be aware of uh, to take advantage of. So, okay. So I'm just going to jump into to what it is. Um, Dive on in. A, yeah. It's a mega backdoor Roth IRA. What else do I have to say? Yeah, right. All right. That was the episode, guys. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Easy. It's all in the title. All right. So, you know, we established a few episodes ago that higher income earning individuals are not allowed to contribute to a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talked about in the last episode how high income earning individuals can do a backdoor Roth IRA by, you know, contributing to an IRA and then immediately converting it into a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Well, what you can do with a mega backdoor Roth IRA is, 
you basically can super fund a Roth IRA using the backdoor strategy. Hmm. But what I will say is not everybody can do this, right? Because it has to be done through your 401k provider. Okay. So you may or may not already know in your 401k, you are limited as to how much you're allowed to contribute on either a pre-tax or if you have a Roth IRA option inside of your 401k to the Roth uh, portion of your 401k. And the, the total that you can contribute between the two of those, whether you're doing all in one or the other or combined together, the maximum amount you can contribute per year is 19,500. Mm-hmm. You are 50 or older, you have a what's called a catch-up provision, which allows you to put an additional 6,500 to, to make your total contribution possibility 26,000. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's your limit. 19,500 or 26,000. The catch-up contribution is for people that are age 50 and older, if I didn't say that a second ago. I'm having one of those mornings <laughs> where I can't remember what I said like 30 <laughs> seconds ago. So I apologize if I repeat myself a lot this time. Um, so here's how the mega backdoor Roth IRA works. I need a simpler name. Saying that every time is exhausting. <laughs> it, it really, I wasn't kidding when I said it sounds intimidating. Like it even is just trying to, like, I was like, maybe I call it an M B D R I. Yeah. I was like, no, that's still way too much. <laughs> Either way, the mega backdoor Roth IRA, here's how it works. What what is actually allowed to be contributed to your 401k is as much as $58,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we all, again, we all know the 19.5 limit or the 26,000 limit, but that $58,000 limit has some, you you really have to know what all is included to be able to reach that. The way that $58,000 number works is it it is a combination of what you contribute to either the traditional 401k or the Roth 401k and what your employer puts into the plan for you. So Mm -hmm. most of the time, that's going to be the match or the profit sharing, right? And then you take, okay, between those two things, how much room do we have? So let's say you put in $26,000. And your employer puts in 6,000. So that's a total of 32. Mm-hmm. Well, 32 subtracted from 58 is 26. Mm-hmm. So you have 26,000 that you can still contribute, mm-hmm. but you have to contribute it in a very specific way. Okay. And what you have to check with your 401k is if they allow something called non-Roth after-tax contributions. So non-Roth after-tax contributions, basically like any other non-qualified brokerage account that you might invest in. Mm-hmm. You put your money in, um, because it's not in a tax-qualified account, you will be taxed on your gains, right? And again, you've got to check with your 401k provider to see if that is even an option. If that's not an option, then you can't do the mega backdoor Roth IRA strategy. Yeah, um, I was I was gonna ask. So it sounds like that, like a a major factor that you have to account for is that um, what do you call it? The um, 
whether they have the non non whether they offer tax. it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, whether or not that's a it. yeah. Whether or not that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. That is a major hurdle because if it's not an option, everything stops down. Dead in the right? water. Yeah. So if that's an option, great. And then what you're allowed to do is to take those non-Roth after-tax contributions that you've made and actually convert them to a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So in this example that we talked about, if you have the ability to put that extra 26,000 in there, you've just essentially made a $26,000 Roth IRA contribution. Mm -hmm. So again, you have to go in and you have to figure out, okay, how much room do I have, right? So number one, you got to figure out, do they allow non-Roth after-tax contributions? Second is then you got to determine, well, how much did I already contribute to either traditional 401k um, or Roth 401k? How much did my employer contribute? And what do I have left between those contributions and the $58,000 number? Now okay. that, that $58,000 number actually can be higher uh, for those that are 50 and older. That, that number also increases by 6,500. So that limit is 645. But you you use that to determine what that amount is that you can actually um, use the mega backdoor Roth IRA <laughs> strategy. So uh, that's that's it. That's exactly you know it's it's not that complicated. It can be a little complicated to execute mm -hmm. and know that if you are making these contributions on a regular basis, like out of every paycheck. And you decide, you know, you got to determine, well, when are you going to do these conversions? Are you going to convert every time you make a contribution or is it better to let them build up all throughout the year and then convert one time at the end of the year, which would be yeah. much, much easier. The thing you do have to be cautious of is the money that you have been putting into the after-tax non-Roth contribution any, anything that, you know, anything that you contributed when you convert it is not going to be taxable. Mm -hmm. But if you convert any of the growth, that is going to be taxable. Okay. Right. But most plans will allow you to take that growth and roll it into the traditional part mm -hmm. of the 401k and let okay. it grow tax deferred. So that's, that's how it works, right? It's, it's not that complicated. It can be complicated to execute. I'd advise anybody who is thinking about doing it, make sure when you talk with your 401k provider that they understand what it is that you're trying to do. If you have an advisor, I highly, highly advise you to work with your advisor through every step of the process to make sure it gets executed correctly. Um. But that's, that's it in a nutshell. It's it, like I said, not that complicated. Yeah. It's just, you have that ability. Um, yeah, I will say not that many 401ks allow you to have the non-Roth after-tax contribution. What I will challenge you to do and what I've had some of, some of our clients do <clears throat> that maybe had a direct line to a CMO or, or a, a CFO or, or a CEO is to actually go talk to them and say, hey, why don't we have this inside of our 401k? And I've actually gotten on the phone and explained to the higher ups how it worked and how it would actually benefit them. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like nothing 
motivates um, the the C-suite level executives to do something that's going to help you, like doing something that not only helps you, but helps them as well. Yeah. Right. Suddenly Absolutely. the wheels start moving a lot faster when they realize how it can help them. It's so crazy how that always seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so we talked about what it is. Um, my question really at this point would be why would somebody, I mean, what sort of situations would people have to be in or what, what, what is going to motivate somebody to want to do this? What, why would somebody do it? I feel why like you somebody don't, do a, I feel a like you, or, you're not believing me. <laughs> Are you questioning? <laughs> Just give me your money. I promise. Yeah, I pro- I'll handle I, it. I promise this is good for you. No, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, you may be listening to this and thinking, oh, okay. Sounds like it's a little, little bit of a hassle to figure out why, why go, why would I want to go through that hassle? Yeah. Like it sounds like a backdoor with even more extra steps. Yeah. So when it comes to your investments, we always hear about diversification, mm-hmm. right? Make sure you're diversified with your investments. What I think isn't talked about often enough is tax diversification. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll do an episode at, at some point about the benefit of tax diversification. And what I mean by tax diversification is when you start turning all of this money that you've saved into income, how is it going to be taxed? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it going to be taxed fully as income? Is it going to be taxed as capital gains? Will it be tax-free? Knowing all of these things is important. And if you can put yourself in a position to have some choice as to how, I I should say, position of choice as to where you pull that money from or in what proportions you pull that money from, Mm -hmm. from these different tax diversified accounts, you can control your taxes, or I shouldn't say control your taxes, you have much more control over your taxes than if you don't have the choice of where to pull your money from. So for example, let's say that um, you're a 65 year old married couple, you've got $40,000 a year coming to you in social security, and you withdraw $100,000 a year from your IRA or your traditional IRA, right? What, what you're going to end up paying in taxes is just a little under $15,000. That's not terrible, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's got you in the 22% tax bracket, but your effective rate is about 10.6, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Which you might look at that and go, yeah, I'll pay a little over 10% in taxes. That's, that's not that big of a deal. But if you can create some tax diversification, and let's say that you still have that in social security income. And when it comes to the hundred thousand that you're pulling from your IRAs, if 50,000 of it comes from a traditional IRA and 50,000 of it comes from a Roth IRA, instead of paying a little under 15,000 in taxes, you're going to pay about five and a half thousand in taxes. Mm. You you save almost $10,000 a year in taxes. Yeah. You're paying a third of it. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, because 
it's not just that, well, obviously only half that money is taxable. Yes, that's true. But there are some other what I call like waterfall effects that happen. So there is, especially when you have Social Security, there is something called your provisional income. And your provisional income determines how much of your Social Security is actually taxable. And the lower you can make that provisional income, the less of your Social Security is going to be taxed. And what's mm -hmm. not included in provisional income? Withdrawals from Roth IRAs, right? So in that scenario, you're less of your, not, you know, not only do you have less money coming from a taxable traditional IRA, but now also less of your Social Security is taxable. So it, it always has some other effects that come along to it that make the tax benefits even greater. Yeah. You know, and you could be thinking to yourself right now, oh, you know, I don't have enough time left to put half of my money, you know, into Roth. Well, even if you can just do 25%. Yeah. Right? And you pull 75% of that money from your 401k or your traditional 401k or IRA and 25% from the Roth, it still lowers it to, to just a little over 9,000 a year in taxes. So we yeah. go from 15 to a little over nine, right? Like that's still a pretty good savings in terms of taxes. So what that allows you to do is one of two things. Either you have extra money to live on, right? Or that money actually doesn't have to get pulled out and it gets to stay in your accounts to continue to work for you mm -hmm. and have your money last longer, right? Or if you're not going to spend it, have it pass on to your heirs. Either way, you know, taxes are an expense. And when you think about your retirement, you're always thinking about the income you have coming in versus the expenses you have going out. And we need to think of taxes as an expense. Yeah. And so you think about, even think about your electricity bill, right? If you can get all the same electricity at a lower price, you're going to do it. Yeah. So the same thing here, if you can get the same income you need, but pay less taxes on it, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. So that's what strategies like a Roth IRA, a backdoor Roth IRA, or a mega backdoor Roth IRA give you, is they give you the ability to have more control over your taxes when you retire. Yeah. Okay. Easy enough. Easy enough. We'll have to... <laughs> We'll have to do a, uh, I'm sure at some point we'll have to do a multi-part series on uh, taxes. Yeah, right. Uh, and yes, I was about to <laughs> really get into it, but then we'd end up, we'd end up here a lot longer. So I'm just going to agree with you and say, yes, we probably should talk about taxes in more detail and your ability to control taxes and understand taxes in retirement um, and having a real strategy about taxes and retirement. Like I said, taxes are an expense. Yeah. You got to account for them. And if you can figure out how to get, how to lower them even better. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a good, good, like overview phrase for, for that is, you know, viewing taxes as an expense. Cause when you said that I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, after you said that, it makes total sense and it's like a well duh moment but prior to you just saying that i don't know how often i actually would look at taxes as an expense i guess it it 
for some reason I had, I, it had been differentiated in my head. Yeah. I think people think they don't, we don't think of taxes or we don't think of anything really as an expense when there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Right. It's like, ah, it's just, it's just what it is. You know, it's, like, it's, it's, they're going to take it. I can't, I can't do anything about it. So I don't think about it. But when it's something that we can actually control, uh, you know, more, more thought can go into it. And we think we can more categorize it into that expense. You know, it's like, you can control how much you spend at the grocery store. You can control, you know, maybe you can control how much gas you use or how much you spend going out to eat. Um, you know, you, you can't get it for free. You can't show up. At a restaurant. I mean, I guess you can, right. Uh, might suffer some consequences, <laughs> but you know, you can't show up at a restaurant and, and, uh, pay nothing. Right. So I'm not saying that, right. You don't have total control, but you can control by limiting certain yeah, things. Right. And it's the same thing with taxes. It. It's all about choice. You know, if I yeah. go back to that restaurant example, you know, you can, you can go out and find something to eat, but you also can choose where you eat or what you eat while you're there. Right. You know, it's all about putting yourself in a position of choice. You know, you live in a town where there's two restaurants, you don't have a lot of choice, you know, but if you really like going out to eat, you should probably live in a town where they have dozens of restaurants. So that way you always have a choice of what you have. Yeah. And in this case, creating tax diversification puts you in that position of choice. So that way, when it comes time to creating your income in retirement, you can every year strategize as to how you're going to pull your money out. So that way you can keep your taxes low and like I said, either save more of your money or um, just live on more because you're not paying it to taxes. Mm-hmm. All right. We solved that problem. Hey, once again, <laughs> once again you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, guys, we, we love, we love helping you out and uh, we know, we know it goes miles. So. All right. All right. Maybe we'll edit that out, Connor. I don't know, man. You tried. You tried. All right, guys. Again, we really appreciate you listening. For those of you who send us questions, um, you know, keep keep sending them. I know we've been on this thing uh, on Roth IRAs for several episodes now, but we're we're definitely still listening. We're kind of putting them in the bank for things to talk about in the future. Uh, We definitely welcome it. And um, for those of you who, who are uh, listening to us on a regular basis, we really appreciate it. Again, any questions, feel free to send them my way, S. Rodriguez at Foundation Wealth Partners, and we'll, we'll get to it at some point. We'll address it. All right. Connor, I'll see you later, man. Uh, Sounds good. Everybody else, we'll talk to you soon. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA slash SIPC. Investment advice offered through Foundation Wealth Partners, a DBA of Advisor Resource Council, a registered investment advisor. Foundation Wealth Partners and Advisor Resource Council are separate entities from LPL Financial. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. 
Qualified withdrawals of earnings from a Roth IRA account are tax-free. Withdrawals of earnings prior to age 59 and a half or prior to the account being opened for five years, whichever is later, may result in a 10% IRS penalty tax. Limitations and restrictions may apply.